Welcome to the end of FDC. Brian gave three excellent messages and we've had six excellent workshops in this short, short retreat. If you missed anything, check out our podcast archives right here to listen back to them. In this short session, Neil just leaves us with some wise words of encouragement and ways to process things as we get back to normal life. So once more, welcome to FDC. Well, you know, I remember the first um, one of these I ever went on. I was a freshman. I actually decided to go about 30 minutes before they left. I did not know. I mean, I didn't know about it. Somebody goes, are you going to go on the retreat? And I thought, what's a retreat? And they said, oh, we're getting ready to go on one. I said, oh, when? And they said, 30 minutes. And I thought, oh, so decide soon. And they said, yeah. And so I went. And I thought, why not? Uh, and it was one of those things. And um, I got to meet a lot of folks like you. But it was, a, it was a life-changing thing. Now, for some of you, I know, you know, some of you are kind of like, you've kind of been around for a while or you've done some things. And you think, okay, you know, quiet time was probably a uh, thing you've known about for a while for many of you. That was brand new for me. I mean, I sat there, I thought, what? What is this? Are you serious? You know, and there were guys that were actually showing me how to do it. I thought, good night. This is amazing. And so I went back, and I began to do that. And you know what? God slowly began to change my life. I mean, just turn it around. And things that I've been thinking about, things that I've been thinking, well, this is what I'm going to do with my life, or this is what I'm going to do, those slowly began to change, and I began to see, okay, this is some of the things that God has for me. Now, you know, I went on that same retreat with some other guys, and I'll just tell you this. We all had a great time, and I think some of them, if you were to ask some of them right up front, you know, hey, did you guys get stuff out? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, got stuff out of it, this was great, this was great, or whatever. But you know what? Some of them uh, got back. And that was it. It kind of went, you know, those notes kind of went up on the shelf somewhere that they took or that they found. And that was pretty much the last time they looked at it. And I've been in touch with a few of those guys over the years. And you know what? For many of them, life has not been good. I mean, um, they've they've struggled in and out of uh, relationships. They've struggled in and out of marriages. They've struggled in and out of a lot of things. And what you're going to find is it's not enough. It's not enough to just be exposed to truth. It's not enough to just um, be around some other folks and think, wow, this was, this was cool or this was fun. That's not enough. What you have to do is you have to decide, I'm going to take the things I've been learning And I'm going to dress them up in denim and put them to work and actually do something with them. And if you'll do that, what you'll find is that your life can really, really change. And you'll find that the things that are good will just get better. And you'll find out that the things that are bad will begin to turn. And you'll find out that so many different aspects of your life to where right now you may feel like, wow, man, it seems so unsure. I just feel kind of lost. I just feel like I don't know what to do with this. You'll find those things will begin to become clear. You'll begin to get some clarity. And over time, what you'll find is God will really reshape your heart and life. You know, as I was reading um, in quiet times, actually yesterday, I was reading in uh, John 7. And Jesus, if you read in John 7, you guys don't have to worry about that now. I'll just tell you about it. You can 
look it up later to make sure I wasn't lying. But uh, in John 7, it starts off, Jesus is kind of, you know, with his brothers, and his brothers are giving him a hard time. You know, they're going, uh, hey, this festival is coming up. They had this thing amongst the Jews called the Festival of Booths, where they would go up to Jerusalem. It's one of the three festivals they went up to each year, kind of a conference, you know. So they had three. They went up, they were getting ready to go up to this one, and they're all going, hey, you know, seems like you're wanting everybody to know you. Maybe you ought to go up to the thing. You know, and Jesus is like, nah. And they're like, well, you know, I mean, seems, and, you know, just hassling him, you know, kind of like, come on, seems like you want to make people know who you are. And Jesus says, my time's not yet come. No, you go, you go ahead. So his brothers go on up and they're carrying on the festival throughout the week. And if you don't know anything about the festival of booths, it's a, one of the holidays that what the Jews do, it's actually a, one of the most fun holidays because they have it in the fall, kind of like fall conference. And they have it right after all of the harvest is in. They have it right after everything is um, back and in place and stuff. And so they're celebrating the harvest. They're celebrating all this. But what they're really celebrating is the fact that the entire time they were in the wilderness, God provided for them for 40 years, how he led them through the wilderness, how he brought them through, how he was all they needed. And so they do that. And then... One of the things that was a highlight, they would have games for the kids and they would have all sorts of festivities. One of the big highlights that they had was they would celebrate how God provided water in the middle of a desert. Now, if you've never been in the middle of a desert and not had water, you, you would be wanting to celebrate that too. I mean, this was something big for them. And, you know, they had this big celebration where the priest, the high priest would come over and he would take this golden pitcher and he would go over to the pool of Siloam and he would scoop up this thing and he would come back over and he would pour it in this silver chute and it would come down and land on the altar. And as it landed on the altar and all the water splashed everywhere, all these people would go nuts. They would be screaming. It was bigger than FDC. I mean, they would be screaming and yelling and going back and forth. And it was huge. It was a big celebration. And they would all just, you know, go crazy. They did that each night, each night. And then on the seventh night, they come in. And uh, he would come over, walk in, turn the picture upside down, nothing. Nothing in the picture. And it wasn't like thunderous applause or anything. It was actually like silence. Because people would go, whoa. Because it was a reminder that what we're waiting for, the living water has not yet come. And, <clears throat> excuse me, if you look... It's at that very moment in John um, 7, um, 37, where Jesus stands up and speaks and he says, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me. What he's wanting to communicate is, guys, there's all this other stuff you're going after. It's not going to satisfy. I mean, what you're going to find is, you know, you may pursue that and you may pursue it for a little while you may pursue it for a long while, what you're going to find is it's empty. It's empty and it has consequences. And it's not going to be good. And so what he says is, you know what, if you're thirsty, come to me. And he says, you know, I can fill a thirst in you that nobody else can fill, that nothing else can fill. And so what I would encourage you from this weekend is this. I would simply encourage you that for some of you, you know, um, you've never begun to experience that because you've never stepped into a relationship with Christ. 
And, and you know, if you're on the way, man, get your questions answered. Take your time. That's fine. When you do that, two things are required. You simply stop your rebellion against the king, and you accept what the king has already done for you in your place. So you simply stop with the rebellion. You simply, the word scripture was used, you repent and you accept what Jesus has already done. Some of you, that's what you need to do. Others of you, what you need to do is you really need to begin to grow more. You know, some of you, you've been kind of stuck at a certain place for a while. You need to begin to grow more. You need to begin to get to know God more. You need to do the things that Brian was talking about. You need to learn to communicate, or you may need to learn to step into community. What you're going to find is that involvement will always trump indulgence every single time. And if you will just step in and get involved, it'll be huge. It'll be huge in your life. But for others of you, you know, for you, maybe God's been speaking to you about some next steps for a while. And it's not a matter you haven't been growing. You have been growing. But he's been talking to you saying, hey, this is something I want you to do, or this is a step I want you to take. And you've been kind of, you know, dragging your heels. Well, what I would encourage you from this weekend is take steps and begin to do that. Begin to take steps. Begin to actually follow through and do the very things that God wants you to do. Now, you know, men and women, I do not know what's going on inside of you. In fact, as Paul said to the Corinthians, who among men can know the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? So I don't know. But what I do know is this. I know that there are people that are at each one of those stages here. I may not know exactly which ones, but I know there's people at each one of those stages. And so what I would encourage you is take the steps that God has before you from this weekend. Begin to look through in a little while when the MCs, when they come up and tell you about the rest of the time, what I would encourage you is this. Take some time. Figure out, like in time alone with God, figure out, God, what is it you have for me to do? I'm not worried about everybody else. What do you have for me to do right now? And then figure out from all the things that you've been looking at this weekend, what is one thing that you can get started on right now? And figure out that one thing and begin to go to work on it. Begin to address that. So I would encourage you, oh, yea, verily, I would admonish you, please work on that and get that done. Now, we're going to take up, as they mentioned earlier, this offering. Now, some of you may be thinking, I am so broke, I can't even pay attention. Okay, well, then, you know what? We're, 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 not even, uh, we're not even expecting you to do anything. You know what I mean? But others of you, you know, you're thinking, good night. I kind of like to have a fraction of the action of what God is doing at Santa Cruz, you know, so I kind of like to be involved in that. And one of the ways you can do that is you can step in and you can begin to give. I can tell you, um, Cody, um, right there, I knew him when he was about the size of the one on the, you're right, I guess there, I mean, a long time ago. But um, Cody is a good guy. He and Brittany have gone there to establish the work. Actually, Cody was in a summer training program we did back in 2002. 10. And so um, he's a really good guy, and he's going to do well. And his purpose there at Santa Cruz is that he can introduce folks there to life in Christ. 
and he can help them grow up, just as Brian was talking about, to be fully committed followers of Christ, who are really communicating with him, who are really in community, and who in turn are looking to pass their lives on to others, because that is exactly what God wants us to be about. So we're going to do that right now, and um, while we do that, the band's going to come back up, and they're going to be playing a little bit, and um, we'll have that, and then we'll be taking up that offering, and then the MCs will come up, and they'll give you some instructions for uh, the rest of the time, okay? So let me pray, and then the um, band will come up. Father, thank you. Thank you that we didn't just stumble into this. Father, I didn't just stumble into that retreat years ago. It wasn't by happenstance. It was by your grace and by your real leaning. And so, Father, we are so grateful that you would care enough about us that you would uh, guide us like that and that you would really invite us into what you're about. And we're also grateful that you're not just about us. We're more grateful that you are more interested in your glory and in who you are than you are in us because God, who else would you be more interested in? I mean, you are it. And so Father, I, I pray that um, this morning you would speak very personally would speak very powerfully to each student's hearts here and you would show them what are the next steps for them as they pursue a life of following you and we pray those things father in the name of jesus Thanks for listening to the USC Christian Challenge podcast and for joining us for Fall Discipleship Conference. If you missed any of the sessions or want to listen to them back again, you can find them all right here on our podcast platform. We meet in person every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. in TCC 450 on the campus of the University of Southern California, and we'd love to see you there if you're in the area. Get involved and find out more about us, upcoming events, and weekly small groups on Instagram at USC Challenge and on our website, uscchristianchallenge.com.